Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor.fm Log Talk Radio. Welcome in to Cast Talk Wednesday. Vinny Hardy here. Terry T.B. Brown will be along shortly. Got another fun show like we always try to do. Um, lots of stuff to talk about, even though it is the dead of summer. No football, no basketball, but we still got a ton of stuff to get to. Um, NBA just wrapped up. We'll talk about all of that. BBN, we got a, another refresh your phone moment. Everybody's kind of waiting to see. What's going to happen with Kerry Blackshear? I uh, got the election last night. He's been uh, going through his visit today, meeting with Cal. Uh, been talked to about how he would fit into this coming year's roster, the upcoming season, 2019-2020 uh, Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, so he's making his rounds. Uh, he's made several visits, maybe one more after Kentucky. Maybe not. We'll see. Uh, maybe he will make his decision today. Maybe he'll make it in the next little bit. We'll know <clears throat> when he finally decides. We'll all definitely know. And uh, it's been one of those things. Been anticipating and hoping to see what happens. And I hope he decides to pick Kentucky over all the other places that he has visited. So we got a lot to get to. Uh, Terry Brown, the big Lakers fan that he is. It's the first time in a while that the Lakers have not made any news. Been kind of quiet on that front, so nothing to talk about as far as the LA Lakers are concerned. So we don't have to worry about them this week. After several consecutive weeks of just the Lakers dominating the headlines, silence from the West Coast as far as the LA Lakers are concerned. So it's very nice to not have to talk Lakers this show, isn't it, TB? 
<laughs> nice try. No, we'll we'll definitely talk plenty of Lakers because BBN is affected there too. With Anthony Davis heading out west, um, as embarrassed as you were about being outed for protesting in front of Staples Center, it paid off for you. So I mean, you got some stuff done out there when you went out to LA, man. So congratulations. You and those six others, man. Y'all, y'all put in work. Yeah, it was it was, it was nice. It was nice. <laughs> How are you, man? Glad to have you with us. How's everything going? I'm doing uh, fantastic. Uh, summer routine is up and running for for the girls, and 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 the NBA championship has been decided. Now we get to move on to what I think is probably the the best off season of all the sports. The NBA offseason. Uh, it started uh, a few days ago in free agency and the draft coming up. So there's a lot of stuff uh, to keep it moving. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we got the, and it's like uh, Tim Kawakami already said, it's, <laughs> we've had a July's worth of stuff already happen, and we're just now in the middle of June uh, and had more Woj bombs today. Um, Mike Conley is no longer in Memphis. He's been moved to Utah. Of course, that's going to mean a new era with them obviously more than likely going to take John Morant in the draft. We talked some NBA drafts. Uh, we've got the Kerry Blackshear watch. Uh, as I mentioned before you came on, he's uh, in Lexington last night and, and visiting with Cal today and they're giving him the pitch on how he would fit and be incorporated into this roster, and, and we'll see what he decides after all that. Um, so we got plenty of UK talk, NBA draft talk. Look back at the finals. In about 10 minutes, because um, everybody in Kentucky knows, basketball legend, larger than life, King Kelly Coleman passed away Sunday. Uh, and if you, you, I mean, there's no way you can't know about him if you're from Kentucky, especially Eastern Kentucky. Uh, his exploits in the state tournament. His legendary games. Um, so we're going to have J.R. Van Hoos, a Kentucky legend in his own right, 1998 Mr. Basketball, Paintsville High School legend, won a state championship with Paintsville. So J.R. is going to come on with us about 6.15 just to talk about and reflect on the life of King Kelly Coleman. J.R. actually got to know him really well uh, in his adult life beyond just two guys who were great at basketball in the state of Kentucky. Had a very, very uh, deep personal relationship. So uh, we'll talk about that with JR. Got the Facebook Live going. Got Timothy Coleman saying that Blackshear is a cat. So it looks like the news may have just broken. So we will dive into that. Also, um, get the social media stuff to See if he's actually made that decision. Thanks for posting that. That's Facebook Live going. Y'all can call us 845-277-9373 at Cats Talk Wednesday on Facebook and Twitter. Tweet us. Throw some comments our way. Call in if you want to. You're more than welcome. We'd love to have you. So tons of stuff to get to. Uh, as we mentioned, I was making fun of your Lakers, but how excited are you, TB? Let me just go and ask you right now. We'll get into, of course, more after we talk with JR, are you more excited 
for the Lakers upcoming season? Are you more excited for UK's upcoming season? Because we knew how excited we were just to hear that Nick and EJ were coming back. Um, now, let's see. If you add in Blackshear, what are you more excited for? You're a fan of both teams. Which season are you more anticipating? You know, it, that's tough. Uh, the Lakers still have a little bit uh, to do with their roster. Has kind of waited almost the last minute with Kentucky to fill out their roster. I mean, I'm equally excited for both. Uh, it's been a long decade uh, in LA. Uh, you know, it's been it's been it's been tough uh, to be honest with you. Uh, but again, let me put these numbers in perspective for you. The NBA will be turning 75 next year. You know, the 75th anniversary team. You and I have been in. Twitter threads talking about, you know, the, they did the top 50 players uh, for the 50th anniversary some time ago, and, and who would we add, who, who over the last quarter century has, has added to that. And so the NBA returned 75. Out of those 75 seasons, the Los Angeles Lakers have made the playoffs 61 times. Of those 61 playoff appearances, they have appeared in the NBA Finals 31 times. And, of course, they've won 16 championships. What I'm saying is the last nine seasons since the Lakers last held the Larry O'Brien Trophy at the end of the 2010 season have been the worst in the history of the Lakers. This current playoff drought of five years is one-third of all the times they've missed the playoffs ever. Ever. They've had more seasons in the finals than they've had missing the playoffs. So, I know everybody likes to dump on the Lakers, and I get it, you know, the fan base is entitled, but there's a lot that comes with that. And I say all that to say this. I'm super excited. I've had discussions with people, Lakers fans and not, uh, on Twitter, uh, in real life about uh, the, the Laker model. And, and even though the, the front office, I don't have 100% faith in them, but L.A., particularly the Lakers version in L.A., has been built on super-duper stars. That is what the Lakers do. I understand they have the young core. A lot of those guys I really, really like. I like Brandon Ingram. Uh, I even like Lonzo Ball when he was healthy. I talked myself into him despite, you know, his dad's uh, shenanigans. And for me, this is a step in the right direction. L.A. is not a place where you can do like Boston where you can have a lot of really – huh? Um, can you hear me? Just a little feedback, I think. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay. But the, the Lakers, it's it's not a – it has never been a platform for just a bunch of scrappy underdogs through, not how they operate. It, it, it's just not been the, the game plan. You know, the Yankees, do they win their way, and they've had a lot of success. The Lakers do their thing. And ever since Bell, uh, Elgin Baylor and Jerry West and the Lakers moved out west, 
the whole thing when the Lakers got out there was we have the best of the best in the league. That has been their mantra. That has been the game plan. And I know things are different, and you don't have to be in L.A. to be a super-duper star. I get that. But what I'm saying is the Lakers, more so than just about any other franchise, requires super-duper stars. That's how they operate. And I'm not going to go through the history. You all can Google it yourselves. But that's the way it is. So with this, you've got two of the top five players in the league at full strength for next year. We know about Golden State without KD, without Clay. They'll still be good, but they ain't good. they're not the juggernaut, depending on what Kawhi Leonard does. But if you've got two of the top five, that gives you a shot at the championship. And for me, that's what we want. You know, as Kentucky fans, we look on what Cal has done, and I know he's just got the one championship and all that kind of stuff, but you have to get to those elite eights and to those final fours to win the title. That's the way it is with, with, with Lakers fans. You want to you, – you, sitting on the outside of the playoffs is not going to be a selling point. I don't care how promising the youth is. Staples needs to be rocking. You need to have LeBron and AD. That's the show right there. That's the show. Now, if they bring in, I don't know who else they're going to bring in. I don't think it'll be Kawhi. I think that's kind of a, but I've been wrong before, but I just don't think that'll work. But there's some other guys, some playmakers they can get, some shooters that are available. Uh, J.J. Redick, I've heard his name come up. You put some pieces around those guys, now you've got a team. You know, we've talked before about Vince Carter really changing the way he played, you know, going into his 21st season next year. He's gone from super-duper star to, hey, I'm a locker room guy, you know, eighth, ninth guy off the bench. That's fine. I think LeBron will still be LeBron, but he's going to be able to defer a lot to Anthony Davis. He's not going to have to shoulder the load. You know, and, and I think people got upset because there's a lot of sentiment. Well, you know, this is going to be the best teammate LeBron's ever had. Well, Dwayne Wade. Yeah, Dwayne Wade was, was fantastic. But remember, the last couple of years, Dwayne Wade was on like a minutes restriction. He wasn't the same explosive Dwayne Wade. You're getting peak Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is only 27 years old. So what the Lakers have done, and I know they gave up a lot of draft picks and everything like that, but if you figure you can get four or five more years of LeBron, you figure you lock up Anthony Davis, and you've got those two, <laughs> come on. You, you bring in some right kind of parts, that's hard to mess up. I know the draft picks, I got all that. But if you're the Lakers, you have to roll the dice, or else you end up like the Celtics, had all these draft picks, and what did they have to show for it? Nothing. That's true. That's true. Nothing but a push. And, and, and that's the thing, too. You look at all these teams that, that acquire all these draft picks. Those aren't sure things. Uh, you know, you look at the Celtics. You look at, you know, Philadelphia was bad for a long time. <laughs> You know, and, and, and they've really had to overcome some injury issues. Remember, 
Embiid missed two seasons. Uh, 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 ben Simmons missed a whole season. So these things aren't guaranteed. So if you're the Lakers, it's always win now. It has been. It always will be. If you have a chance to have two of the top five players in the league on your team, you do it. You just do it. Uh, and, and you don't regret that. So uh, I'm excited uh, because I, I'm, at this point, the Lakers. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. They're going to get into the playoffs. I believe, looking at the Western Conference, they could probably get a one seed. You know, the Warriors aren't going to be the Warriors. I know we got to cover your Rockets and see what's going on in Rocket Land. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when you look at the landscape, if you're the Lakers, you have to make that chance. You have to roll that dice. You have to. Absolutely. And I haven't seen any Lakers fan upset about it. We understand. Hey, mm-hmm. it's been a while. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited That's about it. it. Uh, ready to get my AD uh, jerseys and stuff, and I'm ready to roll. There you go. And we, we'll get back to this later on in the show. Uh, we'll get back to some more NBA. Right now, we're going to flip it back to our home state of Kentucky. We're going to talk Kentucky High School basketball. Uh, we're going to reflect on uh, the legacy and life of King Kelly Coleman. We're going to give J.R. Vance a call. Uh, let's see, get his number pulled up. Paintsville Tigers legend, state champion, Mr. Basketball in 1998. Went on to play for Marshall, the Thunder Harris. Um, deep in basketball Hello? history right now. Hey, Jr. It's Ben and Terry. Catch on Wednesday. How you doing? Hey, I'm good, man. Just enjoying another rainy day in the state of Kentucky. <laughs> That's the truth. It's the whole what each and half of the country is getting it, right? It is just ridiculous right now. Getting dumped on every day, man. I. Listen, I I'm sitting in my truck right now, and it's an absolute downpour. So that's that's nothing new the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, other than that, how you doing? How was your How was your summer going before the deluge just hit? Man, you know, summer was going pretty well. We, uh, you know, my wife Kayla and I, uh, 
you know, were uh, helping run that Kentucky Indian All-Star game and, uh, you know, just trying to trying to continue to keep that going and, and make it a huge event and uh, do big things with it. And, uh, you know, been, uh, been doing well, man, just, uh, you know, staying busy as always and, and trying to, trying to work with that all-star game, buddy. Absolutely. We'll definitely uh, ask about that as well. Um, but definitely want to get your thoughts. And I know a lot of other people have this week and even prior to this week, um, about with King Kelly Coleman passing away Sunday, uh, you had gotten very close to him, and and you had been reflecting and and reminiscing about him even before he passed. But he passed away Sunday, and uh, just wanted to have you on just to to kind of reflect on him and reminisce. Because if you're like me, I mean you're from Eastern Kentucky, just like I am, and pretty much anybody from the whole state, you you kind of you knew of that name probably as long as you can remember. Are you you can't even remember when you first started knowing that name? Because you just knew it all your life. Oh, if you're like me. No, yeah, I mean I can remember. You know, I was probably in sixth or seventh grade, and, and uh, one of my one of my good friends had, had brought one of those state tournament programs they used to have uh, the state tournament uh, back, and, and uh, you know just looking. You know, one of the first things you want to do is especially when you're a basketball fan, you want to look and see who holds all the records. And, and I can remember flipping through the uh, the records pages, and, I mean, the name Kelly Coleman was just littered through those pages. And, you know, that just kind of sparked an interest right there of, you know, who is this guy and, and uh, you know, how, how did he accomplish all of this stuff. And, you know, so I just got to learn. that You know, that just started an interest and just got to learn about him. And, and you know, fortunately, a couple of years later, they named the uh, top 50 players who ever played in the state tournament. And I got the meeting for the first time when I was still in college. And, uh, you know, just it, it, it was definitely an honor just to meet the man and, and to later become, a, uh, you know, a very good friend of his. And, you know, uh, I guess I would definitely say we were best friends. That I mean, I, I definitely couldn't imagine that when uh, when I was a young kid. Absolutely. So you – you got to meet him your senior year, or were you in college? You said for the first time. Yeah, I, I think it was my junior senior year in college. It was around 2000, 2001. They named this uh, top 50 players to ever play in the state tournament. And they had a big reception for everybody and introduced us at uh, during one of the state tournament games and, and got to meet him there. Got to take some pictures and you know then a couple of years later his book comes out. Uh, in 2005, and, and so I, you know, I got to go to the book signing, and he had a big uh, press release there uh, uh, here in Prestonsburg, and and so got to meet him again and talk a little bit more with him. And then, uh, you know, when when Kayla and I got involved with this Mountain Sports Hall of Fame, uh, you know, he was definitely around a lot more then, you know, because this Mountain Sports Hall of Fame is in Wayland, and and uh, so we just, I mean, it, it, it was really amazing how the friendship struck up and and. Uh, how easy it was really to to just get along with him and relate to him. Yeah, so um, you had talked about hearing things, how it was hard to get to know him. Is it is that kind of how the ice got broken when he when his book came out, or just kind of little by little conversation, one conversation at a time? 
you kind of developed a relationship with him, or? Yeah, I think you know, I think it was little by little, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, he he he's definitely a, a closely guarded person. He he doesn't let a lot of people in, uh, so to speak, and and get close to him. And you know, and and I feel sometimes I'm I'm a little bit the same way because you know when when and I can imagine you know being as good as he was uh, in college and high school and. You know, even playing some professional basketball, you know, when people meet you for the first time, they want to talk about basketball. And so I, I can't imagine, you know, somebody uh, that accomplished as much as he did always being asked basically the same questions to talk about the same games that people remember and things like that. And so, you know, our friendship really developed on not really discussing basketball that much. Um, you know, I, I, I knew some things about him, like, you know, he liked to golf, he liked to fish. And so when I would talk with him, it, it wasn't always about basketball-related stuff. It would be about different things and, and things that, you know, he was interested in, things that I was interested in. And, you know, I, I think, you know, when you have that when you have that type of communication, it's very easy to develop a friendship because, you know, you've got the same things in common. And, uh, you know, it's easy to talk about your likes or dislikes and, things that you've done and, and uh, things like that. So, you know, it was it, it developed over time, but it was uh, it was a relationship that, you know, wasn't based all on basketball. Exactly. Talking with former Paintsville Tiger, 1998 Mr. Basketball winner, former Marshall Center, J.R. Van Hoos. Uh, we, we've seen the numbers. We've heard them, you know, 4,000 points, the only – player in the state to score 4,000 points, 1,700 points uh, in one season. You mentioned the game where he had 75 points, 41 rebounds. You growing up in Louisville, Terry, was how prominent or familiar was that King Kelly name even in your neck of the woods? I mean, it it, it was talked about, uh, obviously, you, you, when you look at the record books and everything like Jr. was saying, it was there. But when I was growing up before this kind of informational age, uh, Louisville was just very insular, if that makes sense. It just – we didn't have – we had the numbers, but not the story that went with the numbers. What I have seen here last 10 to 15 years maybe is more of – this this information from what happened in the eastern part of the state, the western part of the state, Louisville, and then things the south, and, and I think that there's a, there's more information uh, being shared really with high schools. Like I said, we knew the numbers, but that was about it. That was about all we had, kind of when I was growing up. And Jr., you mentioned if it was on. Might have been in Josh Moore's story and her leader on the podcast you did with him. Uh, you mentioned the pressure that Kelly had to perform. What what was some of that pressure? Where was it coming from? You know, what were kind of the sources of the pressure that he carried with him? In the well, I, you know, I mean, if you think about it, uh, you know, players, especially those from the eastern part of the state. You know, if they put up big numbers, uh, it, 
people tend to discount them as uh, discount them as good basketball players because you know they can say, well, they've not played against good competition. And so, you know, when Kelly played, you've got this guy who was averaging 47 points a game. Uh, you know, he's putting up these tremendous numbers, and so I, I think he was under pressure to get to the state tournament, and then once he got there, I know he was under pressure to perform. Uh, you know, before he even played in the state tournament, this attorney in Prestonsburg, which is also in Floyd County, had made up these flyers about, you know, how many points Kelly Coleman had scored in his career, how many points he'd averaged every season that he played high school basketball. And, you know, all of these accomplishments that he'd done and, and called them, you know, the greatest, you know, he had this quote from, Adolph Rupp, who had said that Kelly Coleman was the greatest high school basketball player he'd ever seen. And, you know, and so all of these are on a flyer, and, and not only did he make these flyers, he, he rented an airplane to have them drop these flyers over the city of Lexington. And so when you're 18 years old, you know, you, you know what kind of pressure is on you, but I can't imagine, you know, this type of pressure no, these people haven't really seen you play. They've heard the stories, but now they've got this information. Hey, we want to go see this kid and see if he's as good as he really is. I mean, so what does he do? Uh, his first game in the state tournament, he set the state tournament record by scoring 50 points in a game. You know, so, I mean, I think there was an immense amount of pressure on him. But, you know, I think he exceeded it. I mean, you know, he scored 50 points in his first state tournament game. Uh, two games later, he sets another record, 68 points in a game, which is still a record. He he scored 185 points in four state tournament games, which is still a record. Uh, in, in another one of those games, he got 28 rebounds in a game, which is still a state tournament record for single games. So, I mean, you know, not only did he, you know, have to deal with this pressure, he went and exceeded what people really thought he could do. And 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 in my in, in my case, I. I I think that defines a legend, uh, you know, somebody that can deal with the pressure and then exceed expectations when he's asked to perform. And though not to the same extent as as what King Kelly had, but being from Eastern Kentucky and the narrative that is prevailing down through the years, did you still feel a similar pressure coming up in the 90s, making your state tournament runs and, and your Mr. Basketball runs. It's maybe not to Kelly's extent, but you still feel a similar pressure? Well, you know, there's always pressure. Uh, you know, fortunately, when, when I was playing at Painsville, you know, our, our high school coach had, had made what he called a national schedule for us to play. So, you know, my freshman year, we, we were playing in tournaments in, in North Carolina and uh, in other parts of the state of Kentucky. My sophomore year, when we won the state championship, we played in the, in the Beach Ball Classic, which was a prestigious tournament in Myrtle Beach. We played in the uh, Las Vegas Tip-Off Classic in uh, Nevada. So, you know, we had traveled around and played against some of the better competition that I, I think we could have faced at the time. I mean, you know, the year we won the state championship, my sophomore year, we, we played in, in Myrtle Beach against Malik Allen from New Jersey, who played in the NBA. Mike Bibby, uh, who's from Arizona, we played his team. We, you know, we all know what kind of career Mike Bibby had uh, with the Sacramento Kings and at Arizona. And uh, Las Vegas, we played against Chris Burgess, who, who played a season or two at Duke and then transferred to Utah and also played the NBA. So, you know, we had seen 
1996 and, and allowed us to make that run. I mean, you know, what teams could throw on us, uh, we had basically seen before. And, and you know, I mean, I, you know, we didn't face any, any better guards that year than Mike Bibby for sure. Uh, I mean, until we got to the state tournament and we played against Brandon Davenport from Owensboro, uh, Warren Cunningham from Allen County Scottsville. So, you know, we had been prepared to – to play against good players and good teams that season. And, and that's, you know, that's really what you got to do. And, you know, I think seeing what King Kelly and, and some of the past players from Eastern Kentucky had to deal with and go through, you know, I, I think that had allowed us to make that run. I mean, you know, Paintsville had been 10 years before with John Cuffrey, Julie Couch and Keith Atkins, and seeing what those guys had to do and how hard they had to work to make it and to make it to the semifinals in 1987, uh, you know, that, that all of that combined really prepared us to make that run in 96 and then again in 97 and 1998. So. Absolutely. Um, and just just going back to, to King Kelly again, um, you know, we tried to recruit him, oh, Adolph Rupp tried to recruit him, and you mentioned how, you know, he had praised him, described him as a combination of Cliff Hagen, Frank Ramsey, and Alex Grosley. That is just, I mean, that's, that is high praise. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And, I mean, oh, yeah. What? Those I mean, Unbelievable. Listen, when, when you've got one of the greatest coaches in, in college basketball history comparing you to three of the greatest players that he ever coached and saying you're a combination of those guys, I mean, you know, how, how can you not feel – the pressure to really perform, you know, after that is said about you. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize this, but, you know, a lot of players from Eastern Kentucky did not get recruited by college coaches in person. You know, a lot of those coaches just didn't come to the area. But what King Kelly was able to change and do, you know, he attracted a lot of those coaches to these gyms and in other places in Eastern Kentucky. And so, what he really did is open up the mountains to other types of players getting opportunities to be seen that maybe had not existed before. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure coaches read the newspaper. And, you know, they had people go out and, and tell them about a certain player. But, you know, King Kelly really opened the area to recruiting. And so, you know, you just, you just are thankful that he was able to achieve and, and do all of the great things that he did and, and help the future generations that came after him because, you know, without him being that type of trailblazer, I mean, who, who knows who would have got lost 
uh, in the shuffle of, of recruiting and, and things like that. Uh, you know, and there's been tons of great players that's come out of Eastern Kentucky, uh, not only in basketball, but other sports as well. For sure, for sure. Reflecting uh, on the life of King Kelly Coleman uh, with J.R. Van Hoos, um, you got to know him well. Uh, and you've also made it a point to to let everybody know uh, as much as they can about him away from the court or his life after basketball. Talked about how uh, he went up to Michigan and, and was successful up there before coming back to Wayland. Uh, what are some of the things and endeavors that he got into uh, while he was still up north? Well, you know, he moved to uh, Detroit, and uh, he, he owned a service station and a record service, and then he owned uh, a large hotel just outside of Detroit, and then he worked for a, a long time at the Detroit Free Press, I believe, as a circulation manager. And so, you know, he, he did a lot of different things, but uh, one of the things I find most impressive about him is that he liked to play in the stock market and, and he was quite successful uh, in the stock market. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm glad that I'm, I'm able to let people know what kind of person he was because, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people just know him as a basketball player, but I got to know King mm-hmm. Kelly as a person. And, uh, and you talk about, you talk about a smart entrepreneur and businessman. I mean, he, he could, you know, he could sit and talk about business dealings and economics and things like that, uh, you know, with anybody. And, uh, man, I, you know, I, I, one of the smartest people I ever got to meet. That's that's definitely for sure. And, and uh, man, I, you know, he, he did so many other things outside of basketball that uh, I think a lot of people don't realize and, and was a very successful person. For sure, for sure. You mentioned the uh, the Mountain Sports Hall of Fame, which, of course, uh, King Kelly was a member of. Tell us what you and Kayla uh, are doing with that and, and the activities involved and everything that people can check out when they go and, and visit the Hall of Fame. Well, we, we're still working. Of course, that's always a, a project that, that's still going. But, uh, you know, one of the great things about having the Mountain Sports Hall of Fame in Wayland is that, you know, we still have the original Wayland High School gym, uh, the gym that uh, King Kelly played in. Uh, it was built in 1937. And, uh, you know, we we have uh, used a grant, a uh, federal grant, to perform some changes to the gym. We've added some heating and air conditioning units, a new roof, some insulation, and so Things can can start to happen there in the gym, having events and, and getting it ready to to move the actual Hall of Fame uh, display uh, items, trophies, jackets, things like that, out to uh, this gym and have it be the centerpiece of the Mountain Sports Hall of Fame. And so, you know, there's just a lot of work with it. Um, you know, we we're proud of what we're doing up here, and, and you know, Wayland is definitely a a great place. A, a, a place that a lot of people know about because of King Kelly going and so, you know, we're just working hard and, and trying to uh, make it one of the best attractions here in Eastern Kentucky. And, you know, it, it's, it's been a lot of work and it's going to be a lot of work, but, uh, you know, Kayla and I enjoy doing it. And, uh, you know, now that, that King Kelly's gone, we're definitely going to probably work a little bit harder and, and know that we're doing these 
want us to carry on and, and to make this thing as, as great as we planned it to be. Absolutely. That's Mountain Sports Hall of Fame, MTN Sports HOF on Twitter and Instagram, honoring the 13th, it's my region, 14th, 15th, and 16th regions. Uh, and it's going to be right there in Wayland in Floyd County. So, yeah, definitely uh, congrats on all your efforts thus far and then everything that you continue to do in the future uh, and getting it ready and, and getting it continuing to get it the way you want it to be for sure. Um, also, you guys are heading up the Kentucky All-Stars, boys and girls, just had the games against Indiana a couple weekends ago. You guys are busy with that. Um, it was at Bellarmine here for Kentucky. Which you talked about playing at uh, Bankers Life there in Indianapolis when you played in Indiana. But tell everybody how you're continuing to build and, and revitalize it as far as everything is concerned with the Kentucky side of things in the Kentucky-Indiana All-Star game. Well, you know, our, our, our big thing and our big involvement with the uh, Kentucky Indiana All-Star Game, you know, Taylor and I are both assistant game directors. And we have the game director, uh, Scott Chalk, who, who coaches there in Lexington at Dunbar. And, uh, you know, the three of us together are trying to trying to keep this uh, All-Star Game, uh, you know, in the eyes of everybody in both states and, and as important and, and try to make it as important as it, as it once was. And, you know, we, we do play in Indiana at Bankers Lifefield House, and, and we play in Kentucky at, at Bellarmine University. Uh, I, I know the sizes are a bit different in the two gyms, but, you know, we, we are, are almost building it, uh, you know, from scratch, from, from taking it over a couple years ago. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of ideas that, that people want to throw at us. You should play the game here. You should play the game there and, and different things like that. But, you know, what people don't realize is, playing in those uh, arenas cost a lot of money. Uh, and so, you know, we're trying to build it slowly, raise money as we can, and, uh, you know, raise enough so that we can still put on a good event. And, and we love playing with Bellarmine. I mean, you know, Coach Davenport up there does a great job and allows us to have that uh, uh, that place and, and allows us to do things up there that, uh, you know, we really appreciate. And, and I, I tell people all the time, you know, Indiana gets Bankers Life Fieldhouse donated to them. They don't have to pay for that arena. I mean, you know, a Freedom Hall or the Young Center or Rupp Arena would like to donate their facility for a day for us to play Indiana. And we would, I'm sure we would gladly accept that, you know. So, you know, Indiana has a little bit more of a head start. You know, of course, their their population is a lot larger, and and uh, so, so they have a little bit more access to – to of course money and, and things like that, but you know we're I think we're doing a great job with it. Uh, you know we're we're working very hard to make sure that the game stays successful and uh, you know that the kids when they play for us are taken care of. Uh, you know they get gear and uniforms and we feed them uh, the entire time they're with us, which you know I, I think you should be doing. Uh, you know for an all star game. And, you know, we're just trying to build it back to what it once was, and, and, I, and I think we're on the right track to do that. You know, we last year was Kayla uh, and Nan's first year with the All Star team, and we were about a hundred tickets short of selling out Bellarmine, uh, Bellarmine University's gym. 
And uh, this year, I think we had about, I think we figured up when we got finished, we'd had about 14 or 1500 people in the stands there. So, you know, the crowds are, are, are coming in, uh, you know, but, you know, it's just, it's just hard to attract people to come to this game when, when, you know, in the past, before the days of Twitter and Facebook, when, when you heard about a player, you wanted to see them play. And it was usually in the Kentucky Indiana All-Star game, but, you know, now everybody, it seems like everybody has their own highlight video. It's, it's pretty easy to access the games on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube, or whatever. And so people have seen these players play many times before. And, uh, you know, so we're, right. we're battling against that. And uh, But we're just trying to do some things to, to draw people back and, and make sure, more importantly, make sure that the kids have an enjoyable time and they remember their time as being a Kentucky All-Star like I did. Uh, as a great experience, and uh, you know, of course, our our overall goal is to beat Indiana. So that's 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 what we try to do every year. Absolutely, and and no doubt your efforts there will uh, reap the benefits and rewards, just like your efforts with the Mountain Sports Hall of Fame. So you guys are both continuing to grind at it, and uh, definitely to be commended. Uh, definitely appreciate you taking the time to hop on and, and reflect on King Kelly. Uh, his funeral uh, the visitation will be at the Wayland Gym from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Friday, uh, and then at Hall's Funeral Home in Martin, 10, visitation from 10 until the funeral starts at 12, and then the funeral, the, the burial at Davidson Memorial Gardens in Ivor. Do I have all of that information correct? Yeah, that sound that sounded that sounded correct. You know, if people have any questions or anything, they can go to Hall Funeral Home, uh, the website there, and they have all the obituary, uh, funeral, and visitation information there as well. well JRM, we definitely appreciate you taking the time. I know you've been uh, going in a lot of different directions, and in addition to the normal business that you're already. Uh, undertaking, but we definitely appreciate you taking the time to, to talk with us and uh, tell Kayla hello for us and hopefully it stops raining and your summer can continue to be enjoyable and drier going forward. <laughs> Buddy, I appreciate it so much. Thanks for having me on. I'll definitely tell Kayla that you said hello. Thank you, sir. Hey, we appreciate it. Thanks, JR. All right, buddy. Thank you. J.R. Van Hoost, Paceful Tiger legend, state champ, 1998 Mr. Basketball, Marshall Thundering Herd Center, uh, heading up the revitalization of the Kentucky Indian All-Stars game, Mountain Sports Hall of Fame. That's a busy man right there, uh, teaching and coaching in addition to that as well. So, uh, And got to know Ken Kelly Coleman, as a person beyond just another fellow Mr. Basketball winner and Kentucky basketball legend. So appreciate J.R. coming on to reminisce and, and talk about King and uh, take time sitting in the rain in this truck to, to chat with us. Definitely appreciate it. We'll keep on chatting. Vinny, Hardy, Terry Brown, Cats Talk Wednesday. See if we hear anything on Black Shear. Haven't seen anything concrete. Uh, but, you know, news does break while we're on sometimes, TV. So, you know, uh, 
wouldn't be shocking if, if something concrete did come along while we're on the air. We'll take us a quick break, come back, get into, you know, TB's Laker excitement. We've got the draft. This is NBA Draft Eve. Uh, got some cats in the green room, as always. Uh, my Rockets have issues. We'll talk about that and plenty more. Cats Talk Wednesday, Brown and Hardy Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com. Don't go nowhere because we'll be right back. Wednesday, Vinnie Hardy, Terry Brown, Brown and Hardy Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com, 845-277-9373. And I think we had a missed call while we were on with JR, and if I'm not mistaken, it might have been. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blue in Pittsburgh. I saw that 724 area code pop up, uh, but we were, you know, was calling JR and probably didn't want to hold once he heard we were going to a guest. Uh, but Lou, if you, if you got free time, call us back because uh, you were just one game off when it came to the Raptors. You said Raptors in five, it was Raptors in six. 
Um, so uh, if you want to call back and tell us how much money you want or just say, hey, I tried to tell you guys Toronto was going to win, feel free. Uh, we'd love to have you call back. Uh, I should have said hang on, caller, before I called if you want to, or, you know, but maybe he'll call back. But I, I got a sneaking suspicion that it was our guy, TB, Lou, from the Steel City called in to let us know that we got the prediction wrong and, and Toronto is had the trophy. They they had the parade. Kyle Lowry is a champ. Kawhi is a champ. Mark Gasol just chugging bottles of wine on the bus. Uh, six was was enjoying it. Drake, you know, his curse is, you know, on hold for now. Uh, his antics on the sideline are validated. Congrats to the Raptors, you know. First title for that city since 93 when the Blue Jays beat the Phillies in the World Series. So they've been waiting for a while. Yeah, and, and, and tip your hat, and you, you can't go down that rabbit hole of injuries and what well, this happened and this happened. Uh, because even looking at the regular season, the Raptors, I, I think – you know, finish with just one or, you know, a uh, regular season uh, win uh, against uh, Golden State. But the Raptors hit were better. They were just a better team. Uh, I think Kevin Durant definitely would have made a difference, but you can't put asterisks on, on anything. Uh, Toronto, they were a deserving champion. Uh, it just goes to show that, you know, Kyle Lowry has, has taken a lot of grief, uh, you know, I've said a few jokes on on Twitter about some of his stat lines in the playoffs, but but all that gets a rake. Uh, Siakam, who I didn't even I didn't even know who that guy was until the playoffs started. I like to think I'm an NBA guy, but I had no idea who Siakam was until the playoffs started started rolling. Uh, but Toronto, again, it goes back to do you. Do you load up on all these draft picks and try to play it safe, or do you just roll the dice? You know, they made a move. The Raptors decided we're going to get Kawhi Leonard, even if it's a year rental, we're rolling the dice. And it all paid off. Dwayne Casey, who I I think uh, was unfairly kind of made the scapegoat, he was let go. They bring in Nick Nurse and, and totally changed things around. Uh, Mark Gasol is the trade deadline. You got a good, savvy, veteran big man that can step out, hit the three, who is a great passer. Uh, all the pieces fit. I don't think this is a fluke. I don't think we should say, oh, you know, what if, what if, what if. But but Toronto was a deserving champion, as are all champions, I think. Uh, so what that leads into the uh, – leading to the postseason, but for this season, Toronto was was the best team in the NBA from day one. Uh, Kawhi Leonard silenced a lot of his doubters, uh, particularly Skip Bayless, who's who's now made Kawhi Leonard his guy to unnecessarily defame <laughs> by calling him number two. Uh, but but the Raptors balled out. You know they had the opportunity down 0-2. Uh, to um, 
they were down 0-2 to uh, Milwaukee. I thought it was over. I almost pulled a, a Paul Pierce that well it's done, but they they really ratcheted up. Fred Fred Van Fleet. Wow. I mean, and, and that's what you need. You need your stars to be stars. And Kawhi Leonard was a star, but you need other guys to step it up. And that's the thing is if you've got one guy, you've got to have guys two through six be really, really good. And the Raptors did, and definitely have to tip your hat to them. Yeah, and they they swept the regular season series against Toronto. Uh, I was watching it, the regular season game in Toronto, which, which they won, but they won in Oakland in the regular season and then won in Oakland twice. Um, in the, during the finals, they won three times at Oracle, and I mean, which is ridiculous. I think it's the stat was that uh, Golden State had lost like five playoffs, five home games in this playoffs alone, and in the previous finals runs, I think they lost six altogether. You know, kind of like your stat about you know the Lakers missing the playoffs. A chunk of that has just now happened in relation to their entire history. So a, a big chunk of Golden State's home losses in the playoffs were this year compared to how dominant they were the previous four in the finals. So, yeah, you can't, you know, you saw all the jokes about asterisk and all that. You can't hang an asterisk on uh, the Raptors, like you said, you know, they bounced back against Milwaukee. You know, they came back against Philadelphia. In the first round of playoffs, they lost game one to Orlando. And there were jokes then, oh, there's the Raptors. They always lose game one, which they had a history of doing, you know, in every series prior to this year. So um, you got to give them credit. You know, you know, Kyle Lowry was playing with my Rockets years ago, was playing with Memphis years ago, and he had awful playoffs prior to this year, but I want to say it was game game four, game five, one of those games out there in Oakland where Golden State would just make run after run after run, and Kyle Lowry would just hit timely three after timely three whenever the Raptors needed an answer. You know, a lot of them were making key shots, but Kyle Lowry was – Unbelievable some of those games. If he wasn't scoring, he was getting assists. When they needed him to score 25, 26, he would go out there and get buckets and, and do what he had to do. Um, we got another call coming in right now from the oak oh, that just dropped. And so we got callers hopping on and hopping off. But feel free, appreciate y'all calling. Feel free to stay on uh, if you'd like to. Uh, stay on too. I think Huff just came on too. So Huff, give us a call back. We were just yakking, but feel free to call back as well. Uh, I'm a man, Aaron Huff. Um, so yeah, Blackstreet Watch is still going. Lakers have Anthony Davis, um, and like you said, I guess like. If I'm a Lakers fan, just don't make the same mistakes as last year when you go out and get a bunch of non-shooters, when you have a Rondo and um, they get Michael Beasley for a minute too, just a bunch of guys that can't shoot. 
Michael Beasy, Lance Stevenson, and, and look, last year, yeah. I, yeah. and I don't know if I said it on this show, I, I might have, I think they were just getting bodies because the plan, and even Magic said before he left, this has always been the, and I'm not saying that this is a well-run uh, front office, I, I've still got a lot of question marks, but the plan was always looking to this summer. It was always the summer of 2019. Uh, so I think a lot of those contracts, they got them one-year deals. You know, uh, you've got some young guys. You've got some guys that can kind of play. You, you, you try to get those pieces and make a move, and, I, and, and they did. So this year they've got to get some shooters, some, some guys that can handle the ball. Uh, they may not be as deep, obviously, with the excess of talent, but I think, again, if you've got two of the best players – that can that can work well together. I mean, I, my whole thing is I'm thinking of LeBron and Anthony Davis on a pick and roll. What do you do? I mean, if those guys are rolling, we have seen both guys hit the three. Both guys we know can get from the three-point line to the rim. In pick, pick and roll, wow, I'm excited just thinking about that. I mean, that to me is, is what you want. And, and both guys individually can go get their own bucket. So if you put a couple of shooters out there and one more slasher like a Kyle Kuzma, I really like what they're doing. Uh, it could just be happenstance. The Lakers have fallen into this uh, with the magic leaving and Palinka I'm not sold on and, and ownership. You know, I think two weeks ago I talked about that, not being, not having full confidence in that, but, but I'm excited. And, again, I think the Lakers are on the right track because you have to do like Toronto. You have to uh, roll the dice and, and at least say to your fans, look, we are trying to win now. We are not tanking like they did in Philadelphia. I mean, although, you know, Philly looks kind of good moving forward, but, man, that was a lot of years of just being a bad, bad team. And uh, I tip my hat to the uh, – the franchises that don't do that you know we're, we can talk about your your rockets and whether or not bringing in chris paul was a good or, or uh, idea or not but if you're the rockets i like daryl Morey, and i think we've we've said it on the show uh previously uh yeah you got to go win now don't be scared of golden state you know you you, you kind of had them beat in back-to-back years so don't be scared. Load up and, and, and take another run. Now, the personality issue, and I think you and I, again, we talked about this when Chris Paul and James Harden came in, and the concern was, okay, two ball-dominant guys, how does that work? And as we're seeing, it isn't working well. Here's the thing. Uh, and and just to your point real quick, um, LeBron and AD in the pick and roll, that will be deadly. And it's all about those other pieces. Kuzma is a bad boy, too. It's all about what they do with the mid-level salary, table scrap, cheap, one or two million dollar guys. It's all about what they do with that. Because as we saw at Golden State, I mean, you go from, you know, no KD, and then no clay, and it's amazing how much they struggled offensively. 
you know, Agadala, uh, Livingston, it, it was a struggle as the injuries kind of mounted. So LeBron and AD are definitely going to be lethal. That'll be, that's, I mean, you might as well, that's 55, 60 points a night. Just pencil it in. You can buy ink it in. Uh, but, you know, Kuzma, if, if they get a Reddick, that's they're going to they're gonna have to have something like that um, just to ease the pressure on those guys having to put 60 and 70 up uh, every night. And you mentioned, you know, what Lakers fans are entitled or, or you get everybody giving them grief. We haven't had many opportunities to dump on Lakers fans. So that's that's why, you know, that happens as well. It, y'all don't know what to do, but we've never seen it for such a prolonged stretch either. So everybody's just kind of getting their licks in while they can. Um, I know it makes y'all roll y'all's eyes, Lake Show fans and all that, but we're just kind of piling on because for the first time in a while, y'all didn't reload as quickly and as successfully as you historically have. So I've, I've made my little jokes. I've made my little Magic Johnson gifs and gifs and tampering jokes. I've been, I've been, I've been getting my licks in while I could because if this front office that you are still kind of about gets it right, you will be talking about. We'll be having shows about you where you're saying the Lakers are back in their rightful place atop the NBA. Yes, those shows are coming if Jeannie and Rob play their cards right. So I'm, we're just trying to get our little digs in while we can before y'all get good again. <laughs> and, and, and seriously, look, go back 10 years. The NBA was 64. 64 years, 31 finals. That is insane. That is like if the Patriots or your Cowboys or my Niners had been to 22 Super Bowls and won 12. That's the equivalent. I mean, it, it, when you look at the numbers, it is insane. And if you look at the timeline from Elgin Baylor to Jerry West, Baylor retires, Wilt comes in, Wilt leaves, Kareem comes in, Kareem's on the downslide. Magic comes in. You know, uh, Magic uh, leaves abruptly in the 92 season, kind of comes back. They load up with the Cedric Sabalos, Nick Van Exel, Eddie Jones squad. And then, oh, summer of 96, sign Shaq, draft Kobe. I mean, <laughs> you, you can go 50 years of NBA history or more, where the Lakers got it right. And I and I, all these people, oh, you know, 2010, long time ago. The NBA is older than 2015. The NBA, <laughs> the, you know, you just can't discount something because it was more than five years ago. You know, all these people, all oh, the Lakers championships so long ago. How many teams have won it since? The Mavs. The Heat. Uh. The Spurs. Uh-huh. Cleveland. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. 
online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, Cleveland, obviously Golden State, and now Golden Toronto. State. So there's a whole Ooh. lot of teams <laughs> that would kill for one quarter of Lakers success. So, again, there's a still a lot of pieces they need to fill out. Uh because you and I know, here's Kentucky fans, roster construction, it's not an exact science. Uh, I saw a clip, and I can't remember one of those shows. I caught it on, you know, Boston. And we got to talk about Boston because I got lots of jokes for Boston to fly <laughs> for the Celtics. <laughs> you, know, letting, you know, Al Horford is now going to walk. He's opting out, and he's going to take his – and he, for all intents and purposes, was a great locker room guy. People loved him, da 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 da. But you know, those are the those are the kind of guys that you need to fill out a roster. Yes, you need superstars. Yes, you need shooters. But you need good locker room guys. Uh, and, and that's something that that GMs need to take into account as well. You know, I don't know if you saw the big debate uh, with Bomani Jones and Jalen Rose and some of these guys looking at uh, analytical numbers and how relying on those numbers kind of changes the game. It's, it's a lot like baseball with the baseball shifts and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, statistically this shot's better than that shot and everything like that. The problem is with, with baseball, you can do that, you know, pitcher, needs to make this pitch on this batter, this pitch on this next guy. But in in basketball, there's so much movement with 10 guys on the court. Everybody's got to be the same page. You can't break it down to just numbers. You can't just say, okay, this is a better shot. Basketball, I just don't think it works that way. So I think there are some numbers, obviously – you can be more efficient, but I don't think you can strip the game down to just the numbers because there's just so much more to the game than that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just saw uh, somebody would have making fun of Chris Paul. So it was just uh, Chris Paul speaking at the end of the year, Rockets Banquet, and it's a gif of of Dave Chappelle uh, dressed up as the pimp, speaking in front of the crowd, and everybody's booing him. So yeah, I just, as a Rockets fan, that's even I got to check with that. But um, so yeah, I got sidetracked. But as far as that goes, I agree with everything you said. And getting back to my Rockets, yes, you go after Chris Paul. Uh, I don't fault Daryl Morey for doing that. You kind of mortgage the future. You're trying to win now. A lot of teams kind of stood pat and just was kind of trying to wait out the Warriors until their dynasty was over. 
Uh, we're, they're just on another level, so we're not even going to really try. Daryl Morey was like, look, I'm obsessed with beating the Warriors. Uh, he used every bullet in the chamber ever since the Warriors dynasty has begun. I don't fault him at all. So from a basketball standpoint, timing-wise, you have to go after Chris Paul and get him when you got him, when he's 31, 32. Pay him a huge amount, which you know good and well on the back end now when he's turning 35 and you still owe him $80 million, You already know that's going to happen. You just hope you get a title or two out of that before you get to where we are now. For a basketball on the court standpoint, you, I'm all about get Chris Paul. From a Chris Paul personality kind of wearing on everybody, you wish this would be the first year that you're bringing him in. He's like, oh, if we could just now bring him in, and he's not <laughs> causing friction, but you just can't do that. You got to get him when you could get him to have a shot at the Warriors and you're up 3-2 at home in the conference finals, you had on the ropes. Uh, but now, the other residual stuff, we've seen this happen with the Clippers. We saw him getting on Blake Griffin's nerves just, just who he is and he can't not poke at you, poke at you, poke at you, wear at you down. You know, He just can't not do that because he's always done that and trying to coach everybody. And now he's aging and isn't the same guy. Uh, so it's just that's where they are. It's a bad predicament to be in. There's reports that they were trying to trade Capella to the Celtics, and there's a little back and forth between him and Ainge on that. I, look, Maury works a lot of miracles. Uh, I don't – to me, he doesn't have a lot of wiggle room <laughs> to work anything, but he might make, you know, he might have a big trade in the works and Woj tweaked it out here in the next five minutes. But we're kind of just stuck right now. Assistant coaches leaving left and right. D'Antoni is a lame duck. They don't, I mean, is he going to get a contract? Is it, I don't know what's going on with that. So it's a lot of fires that have to be put out. <laughs> You're uh, bizdillic the defensive coordinator, quote-unquote, of the staff, is they fired him, which makes no sense, uh, which the team was struggling at the beginning of the year. He he wasn't there. He had retired. He wasn't there. They started off 11 and 14. They brought in Carmelo Anthony, which still makes no sense. Anthony leaves. Billy comes in. They get things turned around. I I firmly believe, and look, I'm not – there, the insider. I still think this delic was probably like, I ain't coming back until Carmelo's gone. Because, you know, I can't coach defense with him out there. Because it's just kind of, it's, the timing's too funny. He's back after Melo leaves. Um, they end up having a good season this year, end up getting the four seed, solid season. Had a chance to beat the Warriors again. At home, they lose again. So, I'm rambling now but I just don't know what they can really do. Harden is locked in, big contract. Paul, huge contract. The end of last year, it was a priority to you got to sign Clint Capella. We got to get him a big 
contract. We can't let him leave. Now you're trying to trade him. Now you can't wait to get rid of him because he did struggle in the Warriors series. I think you kind of kind of be in the middle. I think we kind of maybe overreacted to get beside him. Now they're overreacting, trying to think they got to deal him so quickly. Um, and the same thing with Kawhi. I mean, Kyrie. I'm sorry. He's talking about, I want to finish my career in Boston. I want to help put banners up here. I want to contribute to this tradition, to this legacy. He gets hurt. They make it to the conference finals without him. He comes back. Hayward comes back, and they're worse with those two guys than they were before when you got Scary Terry and Dylan Brown and Jason Tatum overachieving and, and getting better results. You you know, that Milwaukee series, he's 8 for 22, 7 for 22, and still saying I should have shot more. And, you know, Boston's fans couldn't wait for him to be gone. Everybody was done with Kyrie. Now he's not answering the phone calls. I'm kind of surprised that Boston's even wanting him back. I thought they were already kind of parting ways, but I, I guess I guess not. There's some weird stuff going on up there, too. Well, the the problem with Boston is there's a couple of things. Uh, again, let me just remind folks that since 1986, Boston has won one championship and went to another. Can we party. have a penny but, moment? Can we get a penny sponsor? This segment is brought to you by Penny. Penny <laughs> products. <laughs> so let's keep that in mind. And. All the good Danny Ainge did to bring in Ray Allen, to bring in Kevin Garnett, he has, he has, he is, as the kids say, he's fumbled the bag ever since. I think they could have got a little bit more mileage out of that quote unquote big three era if they weren't so actively shopping around Ray John Rondo and Ray Allen. So. The problem with the Celtics is this. They have a GM that coveted all these tradable assets, whether they be players or draft picks. And so everyone knew no one was safe. The only, the only two people that were safe were Kyrie and Howard, Gordon Hayward, I mean. And so I read something about uh, – uh, Jackie McMullen that talked about the biggest issue was uh, Gordon Hayward's return. And it wasn't so much that uh, what they were saying that Brad Stevens was doing something with Hayward he wouldn't have done with anyone else coming back from injury, but the perception was, oh, he's your butler guy, right? You know, they back-to-back NCAA tournament games or title games. And and that shook the locker room a little bit. So you've got these guys, like you were saying, Tatum, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, who who took LeBron and company to game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. Now all of a sudden they can't get off the bench. And to no fault to, to, to Hayward, it, but – Coming back from that injury, I think he got minutes he probably shouldn't have been getting. And I think that's what started it. We saw Kyrie check out. 
And like you said, everyone is waiting for him to leave. But now you've got Al Horford out the door. And, and what do the Celtics do? They're stuck in that 40 to 43 win limbo. You know, they've got players that are good enough to get into the playoffs, but not good enough to, to make any noise. And that's kind of the worst place to be in the NBA is, is just good enough to make the playoffs. That's, that's kind of the worst, worst, you know, worst case scenario for any team. So uh, being a Lakers fan, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> yes, I'm going to take glee in Boston not having any success. Absolutely. Uh, but I just think it, the, the Celtics have just been mismanaged and, and, and look, the Lakers did the same thing with the young guys. When it became public on whatever, uh, all the pieces that uh, the Lakers are offering for AD during the season, I think it did have an effect on those young guys. Like I said, no it's a business, and everybody knows, hey, if I'm not LeBron, I can be traded. It's a different mindset. Like, yeah, that's a possibility, but outwardly knowing it, I mean, I can't imagine yeah. going to work every day if my boss was like, I can't wait to get rid of you and get somebody else. I mean, that's just, that's no way to do business. And and once Kyrie checked out in Boston, we, we saw what happened. The Celtics couldn't get done with that series fast enough. You know, it just yeah. reminds me nice. of that Robert Morris NIT game with Kentucky in 2013 with Cal. Like, he stopped coaching. The players, like, we're, this is done. Like, you know. <laughs> This, this season just needs to end, and I get it. I get it. I mm-hmm. absolutely do. But again, I don't know what Boston does to move up because the the issue is this with Boston, rightly or wrongly, Isaiah Thomas left, kind of with with a, with a bad taste in his mouth. He got traded out of there after what he had done. Kyrie not happy in Boston, and now you've got Al Horford, one of the NBA good guys, one of the glue guys in the NBA, and he doesn't want anything to do with the franchise. Uh, you know that's that that's there's there's something there. There's something there. But uh, I mean, and, like I said, we've got a whole AD's dad. AD's dad said, if y'all sign him, it's just gonna be a rental. He's not, you know, don't you know, if you trade for AD, it's not gonna be nothing but. One year. So, yeah, it is. It is some stuff, some fishy, shady stuff going on up there. Um, Do you think Hayward is better in his second year? You know, horrific injury, first year back. Do you think he gets back to more Utah Hayward, or is he just kind of, is he going to level off right here? Where are you at? You know, it's tough. And when we talk about injuries, and we, let's go ahead and talk about that a little bit, looking at, at at Kevin Durant, we have to reframe how we think of injuries. We have to change our mindset, and that's us as fans, that's that sports media people, that's even teams, uh, because everybody and their brother was questioning Kevin Durant with this calf strain. I'm no doctor, but just what I saw when he went down against your Rockets, it didn't look like a calf strain to me. 
it just didn't look like that. Again, I'm no doctor, but we put this this thing of playing hurt and playing through pain on guys, and Kevin Durant is the latest guy. Now, he's still going to get paid, obviously, but you have to imagine he's not going to be what he was because of that injury. Isaiah Thomas, had he not played for Boston through his hip injury, he probably cost himself 50 to $60 million. So with athletes, you ha- they have to get right for themselves. And if, if, if Hayward takes another year to get back to what he was, Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. I wish I wish him the best, but we just have to reframe how we talk about playing hurt and playing through pain. And uh, you know, you get all these stories of these old guys. You know, I played with a broken leg and all this kind of stuff, and they get to be sixty or even fifty, and they can't walk. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a trade-off there. And if I'm an athlete, I have to say, hey, you know. I've got to get myself right. You know, there's a difference between playing hurt and injured. If you got some bruises, okay, yeah, you get out there. But on the flip side of the Kevin Durant thing, uh, Kawhi Leonard, he caught hell from the Spurs and all the Spurs-loving media. I mean, Michelle Beadle of ESPN, uh, I haven't seen if she's addressed it, but she went all in. She challenged everything but Kawhi Leonard's manhood on how he left her beloved Spurs. Right. And the thing is, people don't understand or don't or fail to take into account. If you, Vinny, if you sprain your ankle, for you, it might be a two or three week issue. If I sprain my ankle, it might be four to six weeks. Like, we have guidelines on what to expect, but every single body is different. It's not one size fits all when it comes to that kind of thing. And I just think that it's unfair to say, well, this guy came back from this injury in two weeks, and why can't you come back in two weeks? I, I just I don't think that's fair to, to the players. And when we come at it with that mindset, we don't see them as people. We're seeing them as, as commodities, and I just – I'm really uncomfortable with that. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's that's kind of what uh what DeMarcus Cousins was saying. I think in his post game interview, you know, everybody just looks at what we are between the lines. Uh, you're not viewed as human beings in any other aspect. Just what you do on those ninety-four feet on the court, and that's how you proceed. And and that's that's not the case. That's where they're seen and observed the most. But 
They do all the same human stuff that we do. Right, and and and, and we we talk about and, and we just need to reframe, and we see it with Kentucky guys. Uh, guys that have injuries. We saw it with Reed Travis's injury this past year, P.J. Washington's injury this past year. But we're, we're, we're not owed detailed medical information about these guys. These guys have to get right. That, that's, I just, like I said, I just, it, it just feels like a weird ownership over these players. Well, you know, if I was out there, I would play. No, no, man. No, no. It, I, I just don't No, No, I mean, what I would like to see is, is Boogie's got to take some time to get healthy. You know, I saw a lot of people kind of taking shots at his play. He only had just a few games once he came back from his, his Achilles. And then he hurt his quad. Right. And, and he wasn't quite right the whole time. I mean, when's the last time you've seen DeMarcus Cousins healthy kind of get his shot stuck on the bottom of the rim? Come on. Come on. That, <laughs> let the guy get healthy before uh, passing, passing judgment. So uh, I wish Hayward, you know, lots of health. Um, but it's a, it's a larger discussion on what we – this, this pound of flesh we want athletes to prove to us that they're really hurt. And and I think and, that's just a, not a way to do things. And for sure people expecting or, or in some cases demanding players on their teams, well, he should have done this, he should have done that. For sure you definitely don't know how it hurt someone is or in pain someone is for the most part. You know, like this whole Kawhi thing, like you said, nobody knows. And I think he even said um, if he doesn't do what he did as far as taking all that time off, he said, I wouldn't be here right now in regards to being healthy enough to play for a title with Toronto. Um, We'll never really know what happened with them, you know, because he's quiet and the Spurs are quiet, or what caused that, you know, rift. But he did say, if, if I don't do what I did, I'm not here right now. Um, so for, for fans to say, well, you should do this or they should do this, you don't know. And in DeMarcus Cousins' case, I I think it doesn't matter what – fans were saying or not, I think he was just determined to come back, even though he knew he wasn't 100%. This is my first time in the playoffs. This is my first time in the finals. I've been in the league going on a decade now, languishing in Sacramento. You know, a couple years ago, we were talking about him being the next superstar to go to your Lakers. It was, it was, you know, assumed almost. It was rumors, and it was just a matter of getting the deal worked out. Boogie's going to be down there playing for your Lakers. It turns out it's another former cat in AD. But I think, I think Boogie was just like, forget it. I know I'm not 100%, but I've been in this league long enough to know how hard it is to make it to the postseason 
and I haven't been on a good team for the bulk of my career. I don't think there's any doubt that he rushed himself back. You know, you just overcome the uh, Achilles injury, and now you're finally making it to the postseason, and you feel hopeful for a loose ball and have a quad injury. Uh, basically, when your playoff career just gets started. So I can – I'm not saying people should say, well, DeMarcus should have played. He should have came back. I just think in his mind, he's like, I'm coming back and putting out there on the court all I've got, even though it ain't – this ain't the true me, I'm going to drag myself out there anyway in hopes of winning the race. And if the player wants to do that, I've got zero problem with that. You know, this is the anniversary of Isaiah Thomas scoring 25 points in the third quarter of the 88 finals, uh, game six, on a broken ankle. If the player wants to do that, that's fine. I don't feel like we should demand that they do that. That's where I think we start to have uh, a problem. Mm-hmm. There's probably been times at the park, you know, you twist your ankle or, or come down on the foot or, you know, and you, you lace it up and you keep playing. Or there might be times where you go ahead and throw some ice on it and, and you don't. It just depends on <laughs> just depends on what's happening at that, t- you know, point in time, you know. It's, and so we're just talking about banged up regular injuries. We're not talking about serious, severe stuff for someone who plays the game professionally. Right, and, you know, he, there's a difference, you know, your bumps and your bruises. That's going to happen. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I told you, yeah. you know, I went to play basketball with my brother at the park, and it was rougher than I was used to. And you say, hey, you've you got to go out there. And, and that's one thing. But a serious injury, particularly if it's a ligament, ACL, uh, your Achilles, anything mm-hmm. like that, you've got to be extra, extra, extra careful. Because particularly, you know, well, any sport, that Achilles, if you lose that explosion, that's what separates you from, from regular people, your explosion and your leaping ability. So uh, I just think it's bad form to, to, to kind of demand our, these guys play hurt. Because at the end of the year, when you're looking at your NFC, AFC championship games, you're looking at your LCSs, you're looking at your, uh, you know, Eastern Western Conference finals, Nobody's 100% healthy, right? Nobody is is feeling as great as uh, as they are, as, as, you know, at the beginning of the year. So there's going to be that. But the the demand, hey, I want to, you've got to break your body for my enjoyment. That's when it starts veering over into, you know, gladiator Roman Coliseum kind of stuff, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah, so. There's a line there that gets crossed uh, more often than not. To say the least. Um, but yeah, so we definitely had to recap the finals, had to look back at all that. It's the, the slow time now, quote unquote. Uh, College World Series, Major League Baseball. Um, U.S. Women's National Team playing soccer right now, and so we're just kind of coasting 
until uh, August, end of August when college football starts. You have the training camps firing up for the NFL and preseason games and all that. But right now you're just kind of cruising for a month and a half or two before it all kind of ramps up once again. Um, I, I sent you the uh, Montreal Expos hat. There's a link to buy those. I know you're a Cubs fan now, but, you know, I still thought I'd just send it your way just for old time's sake or if you want to add another Expos lid to your collection. I saw that, and, you know, you're the only Expos fan I know, so had to tweet that out to you the other day. Yeah, I got a couple of uh got a couple of Expos caps. I'm doing I'm doing uh, pretty good. <laughs> pretty pretty good with the with the caps and everything. That's cool. That's cool. Um just this one little random thing too, I don't know if you saw it, I might retweet it from the show account. Because, you know, we talk about a lot of food on the show. We talk music. We talk movies. It was a How Southern Are You? And it lists a long list of different food items. And you just give yourself one point for each one that you've eaten. Uh, if you get a one through five, it means you might be a Yankee. You're not very Southern. Six through ten has your mom in them. Eleven through fifteen, you're born and bred in the South. Sixteen plus you were shown of Southern. And so those foods, peach cobbler, chicken and dumplings, cornbread, gumbo, frog legs, chicken fried steak, burgoo, hush puppies, souse, shrimp and grits, oyster casserole, congealed salad, fried green tomatoes, fried bologna, fat back, corn pudding, Brunswick stew, red beans and rice, rabbit stew, liver mush, Hoppin' John, turnip greens, tomato sandwich, red-eye gravy, chest pie, pickles pig feet, fried squirrel, boiled peanuts, chitlins, pear salad, butter beans, jambalaya, deviled eggs, po' boys, fried gizzards, chocolate gravy, gator tail, poke salad, and chicken livers. And out of all those... I got a 29, so I am sure enough Southern because I tried several of those items on that list. Yeah, I saw that too, and I think I was at 21 or 22. Uh, you know, I've got I've got some Southern roots myself, so yeah. So some of that stuff I've definitely had more than once. Are you a children's guy? Did Mama B make chitlins? Did your grandma and make chitlins? My aunt, my aunt did for years and years. Uh, man, those things, it's 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 something. It's something. I, I haven't had them in quite some time. But uh, but yeah, but some chitlins. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I, I've had them. Some hog mall in the pig feet. Yeah, I've I've had those. Yeah. Now, everything. I think I got a twenty nine. Uh, that doesn't mean I like every single one of the 29 things that I have uh, consumed, but I did give myself a point because I had put them in my mouth and, and swallowed them. I'm not a chitlins guy. Uh, my mom didn't care for them. Um, 
and her mom, my grandma on my mom's side, didn't really make them. Now, my dad likes them, and my granny used to make them. So dad dad liked them. Mom didn't. Mom didn't really cook them. I've tried them, and I didn't really, I didn't really care for them. And, like, the, the smell is worse than the taste, but the smell is just so overpowering. It just makes you just kind of, ah, you know. Just can't really, can't really get with the chillers. But uh, you know, the, the cornbread, the frog legs, all that, like you said, you know, the liver, the gizzards, deviled eggs. You know, we all got those, those roots. Which you know, no surprise to hear you say you're over twenty as well. And both of us are in that showing up category. Not really a shock. Oh yeah, I mean you you, you got to have of course the the po boys and the gravy and the gizzards and the uh, I mean fat back I mean you know you know fat yeah. back back fat you know you got to have all that kind of stuff uh, you know in chicken yeah. fried steak there was a restaurant in town oh. I used to oh I would I would tear up some chicken fried steak so I'm right there with you now I also I think I tweeted you it was a re- Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. restaurant in Louisville that did some s'mores biscuits. It's called Biscuit Belly in Louisville. Do y'all know about that? Been there? Yay, nay. I've, it looked good. I've, I've heard about it. I've heard about it. Uh, I, I have heard about that. Uh have not been there, but, yeah, I've definitely heard about it. Yeah, so you know that's just some little random stuff to work in. It's summertime, and we talk food even when it's leading up to the Final Four and Super Bowl. But you know <laughs> that's how we do on this show. But uh, definitely talk it when it's the quote unquote slower time of the year. There's still no news on Blackshear. Uh, dude is taking his time. BBN is just losing their mind. It's one of those stand by your phone moments, like when Homie was deciding what he was going to do, uh, like when EJ was deciding what he was going to do. Everybody is just refreshing their phones, you know, checking all the UK, Kentucky media types, Twitter accounts. See if there's any news uh, from UK's front regarding Kerry Blackshear. All the guys are on campus now, you know, Hagen's and 
quickly, and EJ and all them are back. Uh, Nick Richards, all those guys are back. Johnny Juzang is graduated and made the cross-country journey. So uh, everybody's back, and everybody's just anxiously awaiting to see what he does. Um, I mean, it's like we said last week. you got to like Kentucky's chances, um, especially if it's true that he's not concerned about being the stud, the number one option, if he is really trying to win a title. you got to like Kentucky's chances of getting him. You know, Tennessee's rebuilding, Texas A&M, you know, Buzz Williams is starting over, Arkansas, new coach, so... Everybody's just got to chill and wait and see, but easier said than done without family. Yeah, it, 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 we're going to be fine as uh, uh, Kentucky. The, the team <laughs> moving forward, I think, will be fine. Uh, but you do want to have black mm-hmm. here there. Uh, obviously, more talent is better than no talent. You know, and, and this is the thing that gets me. When we talk about these super teams and and, you know, teams coming together and, and not quite winning championship. What what do they point to? They point to my Lakers in 2004 who made it to the finals, right? They beat the Spurs. Like, oh, that super team. It wasn't like they didn't make the playoffs or lost in the first round. They made it to the NBA finals. You know, and, and people talk about, well, you know, we had the platoons and that was too much talent and, and – that team won 38 straight ball games. You know that that's you know, and, and I'm not saying our fans are are, are are bad or anything like that, but come on, 38 and one, we were all disappointed. And I've heard so many people go, you know, that was the team that broke me, and I don't care anymore, and cow <laughs> off the swag. I don't understand that. I don't understand that mindset uh-huh. at all. For, for for me, you know, if we can rebound from the Leitner shot, I think we can rebound from that. But it upsets me. Man, I just don't care as much since 2015. Really? Really? <laughs> like, if this team this past year, if we had were able to, to finish off Auburn and made it to the Final Four, you, you wouldn't have been excited? Really? You just kind of ho-hum about it? Really? Oh, okay, I mean, do you, but I'm excited every time out. Are, are those people not football fans at all that feel that way? I mean, because, I mean, if you're going to get broken about something. Right, I mean, look, look, sports and being a fan, it, it's part of it. You, you hurt with your team, and, 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 and when they win, you get to celebrate, and there's no better feeling. But that's the price you pay for being a sports fan, to live and breathe for your team. And, and, you know, I've calmed down a lot in my older years. And when it comes to Kentucky basketball, I'm not as, you know, every single game is, is must win like I used to be. I don't, I'm not at a 10 every game. I'm old. Not, my heart can't take that. But you really want to see your team win. And. Yeah. And when it comes to Kentucky basketball, when and in in, in how they lose in the tournament hurts. You know, it just it depends on when it happens. Thirty-eight and zero losing that one hurts. For me, 
2014 was worse because I already had when James Young had that dunk, I knew we were going to win it. I was like, this is going to be the spot. And then it goes to zeros, and we did. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and people, and, and people, well, why would you think that? I'm like, look, when you look at Aaron Harrison's shots to get the championship, in my mind at least, I'm thinking this is this is like a movie. This is one of those great runs. That this is awesome. Like the universe is saying, we should win this. I had that in my mind. It did. <laughs> okay. You know, 2010, I thought, we've got this. We were looking good. Bledsoe had that game. I think it was against Wake Forest. You're like, okay, we are rolling. We are rolling now. And it didn't mm-hmm. happen. You know, you, yeah. you, you look back, 1997, I knew we were going to win that year. Yeah. You know, beginning, of the, I'm like, Arizona, <laughs> Arizona's luck has run out. So, you know, 2003. So, look, we, we all have those moments where you're, you're tasting championship and it doesn't happen. For me, I've said, and I'll always say, one of the toughest sports games that my team lost was the Super Bowl when the 49ers lost to the Ravens. You know, we had three chances inside the 10-yard line to score to win and didn't do it. And with all the hoopla of the Super Bowl and your team loses, that's terrible. It is absolutely terrible. But I don't think that has changed how uh, much of a fan I am. That I don't understand. I, 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 that I don't, yeah. I don't get. But that's just me nitpicking. That, you know, that's just me kind of being yeah, that's, whatever. But I, I, I see it all the time. You know, the 2015, that just broke me as a fan. What? Like, do, you, do you not yeah, hear as much? Like, I don't, I don't. I don't understand that. I need someone to really explain to me. And I get the disappointment. Not only was it disappointing to not win the championship, but we hit that shot at history. You know, Louisville fans, hey, you thought you were going to go 40 no? I did. We made it to the Final Four 38 no. Stupid me for thinking we could make it 40 no. Stupid me. The <laughs> Kentucky fans were the only fan base that, you know, if, if, if you know, if, if next year uh, Villanova made it to the uh, Final Four 38-0, their fans would think, yes, we can go 40-0. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. The thought oh, yeah. did cross yeah. my mind. I and, don't feel bad about that. Part of me, I mean, after you win 15, 20, 25, you start thinking, well, maybe they, maybe they can do it. Maybe they can do it. Part of me still braces for, you know, all it takes is one bad game, especially in the tournament. So I don't, you know, I can't say I like a hundred percent. Oh, they're gonna, it's gonna be. But the majority of me was like, well, you know, hey, thirty-one and oh, what? Yeah, thirty-four and oh, they made it to the tournament, SEC tournament now. And the pressure builds, but you can almost. You know, you don't start looking ahead. You're like, man, they just might do this. But then, you know, the disappointment is there when it didn't happen. It was constant disappointment. But it's also like, well, look, man, they ran off 38 in a row. I mean, <laughs> and had the lead in this game. Yeah, stuff happens. Stuff happens. You know, your Lakers ran off 33 in a row, almost half a season undefeated. I think whoever beat them, Milwaukee, 
I mean, I don't know. It was probably 70s Lakers fans where they're not going to lose until the playoffs start. And that didn't lost it in their season, but it happens, you know. It it happens. Uh, I thought the 18 and 0 Patriots were going to win. It, it it didn't happen. We thought the 38 and 0 Cats were going to win. It didn't happen. Stuff stuff happens. You know, the other team is trying to win too, even though you have had a prolonged winning streak and are probably the better team that year in the country. In the NFL, the Patriots were the best team in the league. Stuff still happens. Right. I just, you know, we we heard that that was what broke, you know, broke people's fandom and and, and Coach Calipari lost his mojo, whatever that means. And, and, you know, we weren't getting the top of the top guys, and we kind of see with this whole scandal and, you know, the NCA, I think they said, it was it, is it July they're going to start dropping some names? Is that, uh, if I remember correctly? Uh, so there's a reason we weren't getting the top of the top. You know, I, I, you know, looking at the, the whole scandal, out of everything that came out, one of the runners, one of the agent runners actually saying, you know, I, I think they got him caught saying, you know, you can't mess with this kid. This kid's at Kentucky, and they don't they don't play or they don't right. you know they don't play ball or something along those lines. Okay, that mm-hmm. to me, that little snippet was enough for me to go. Okay, <laughs> I feel. Thank that. you, Sandy Bell. <laughs> right, and and now we got Swaggy Cow back. Blackshear, we're waiting on that. So while that's going on, there's that video that I can't remember if it was the Athletics or the UK. Uh, the basketball official Twitter account, Cal getting on a private jet so he can watch his guys at the NBA yeah. draft. That's a flex. Right. right. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like that tweet he had, was it 2012? Might have been, maybe in 2015. Anyway, there's that tweet that he said, you know, to all the recruits out there, I haven't forgot about you, but – I've got six guys going in the draft, and I got to be there. Something along those lines. I'm like, flex, Cal, flex, flex. <laughs> exactly. And, exactly. And, and so, I, I, like I said, I just don't understand this. Oh, I'm a broken fan. I'm not. I'm excited every time out. I'm excited. Um, but that's just me. You know, I'm not gonna tell people how to fan. It's just weird to me. True. Yeah. I got a DM from friend of the show, uh, Juan Portello, play quarterback and receiver from Kentucky back in the 70s. Uh, I mentioned a couple weeks ago that they were having uh, a fishing tournament down in Key Biscayne, Florida, in honor of his brother, Jorge Portello. So he messaged me and said that they had a great day. Uh, and Juan's brother, Jorge, played at Auburn, uh, was a kicker at Auburn, and his one says that him, he and Al Del Greco uh, caught up and were able to, to catch up on a lot of the things that they had missed, and this time they, they hadn't seen each other. Of course, Al Del Greco was there at Auburn and went to Auburn with his brother Jorge. Uh, Al, Del Greco's, Al Del Greco's entire family was there. Uh, Jorge's wife, 
is Al DeGreco's cousin. So they caught a lot of fish. Over 300 people were there. A great time. And, of course, the whole objective of the fishing tournament was to uh, provide scholarship money for a student. So another student is going to Auburn, uh, and a great time was had by all. So I'm glad that one's fishing tournament went good. Uh, in memory of his brother, Jorge, uh, he has sent me uh, kind of a flyer about it in advance. We mentioned it a couple weeks ago. So they just had it, and it went well, and uh, caught a lot of fish, got to catch up with out there, Greco, and they had a lot of fun. So uh, definitely glad to see that everything went well at, at the event. Yeah, I saw I saw mm-hmm. that. I saw some pictures on Facebook about that as well. So definitely glad to see some some good things out there. Yes, for sure. Uh, and we talked, of course, Jared Vanhoos tonight, who's Mr. Basketball in 98. Uh, Mr. Basketball from 1995 was Charles Thomas, who was from my neck of the woods. Went to school with him up till the eighth grade, uh, Barry Cumberland. Then he went to Harlan for eighth through twelfth grade. So the Cumberland-Harlan games were extra intense. Charles had a great career at Harlan. Uh, won Mr. Basketball in 1995, and saw where he tweeted out uh, yesterday that he is having the Charles Thomas 2019 skills session. Uh, He's the coach now at Sayre there in Lexington. So July 10th and 11th and 16th and 17th at the Sayre Gymnasium, 194 North Limestone, uh, 10 to 11 in the morning, all four days, for 5th through 8th graders. $35 $35 per session or $120 for all four sessions. The spots are limited. Uh, you can contact Charles, 859-489-9541. Email him, cthomas at sayerschool.org. Or you can get in touch with Rob Goodman at 859-621-5296. Or email him at rgoodman at sayerschool.org. So, uh, with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 1995, Charles Thomas went to Minnesota and was on that 97 team that played against Kentucky in the Final Four. Uh, he played for Clem Haskins. That was one of those moments where I'm like, you know, I hope Charles balls out. hope he gets, you know, 18-20. But hope Kentucky moves on and gets the win. So Kentucky did win that game uh, in advance to play Arizona. You mentioned 
you know, the Cats in Arizona, we all remember that run after the 96 team. They are trying to defend the title that year. But if you're in the Lexington area, uh, you got 58th graders. Uh, Charles was a bad man. Charles was a baller, 6'4", lefty, smooth jumper. He could slash, get to the rim. He could do it all. Your 5th through 8th graders will learn a lot at the Charles Thomas skill session at Sayre. So, one to plug, fellow Harlan Countyan, when I saw that he's got some, some camps and some skill stuff going on coming up in the next couple of weeks. So, cool to see Charles doing that and giving back to the, to the young, young folks coming up. Absolutely. Um, yeah, those Harlan squads, they was they was tough. They were tough. He's a bad man. Um six, seven minutes left. Were y'all getting rained out again like everybody else? Like everyone from Texas to New Jersey is moving getting all that too? Yeah, I just saw on the news uh that there has only been one weekend in 2019, one weekend that Louisville did not get rain for some part of it. One. That is bizarre. <laughs> so it's been raining. Uh, the girls have had uh, uh, different camps and everything. Uh, they Last week was field hockey camp at L. Now they're doing lacrosse camp. Uh, Big Miss is playing uh, field hockey right now. Her game on Monday. Monday, Monday, yeah, was uh, we saw lightning. There were storms and uh, and everything. So yeah, it's been it's been kind of tricky. Luckily, I don't have to worry about cutting grass. Uh, living a <laughs> condo life, so that's awesome. <laughs> but but yeah, there's just been it's just been too much rain. Um, this has just been a a, 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 a bad year. Since New Year's, it's been raining every weekend in Louisville since the calendar flipped. Since the calendar some flipped, flipped precipitation. One, we've had some precipitation for uh, some part of the weekend. We have not had a completely – just one. I'm sorry, just one completely dry weekend. You know, the derby, it was wow. bad. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just we haven't had a good Saturday and Sunday in a long time. And plus, it's been raining, I think, every day this week. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's for three or four years in a row we're talking about rain for Derby Day. Seems like, or maybe more than that. Yeah, the last three have been really, really bad. Uh, for 2018, that Derby was just uh, it rained throughout. I think we had a little bit of a break for the race this year, but yeah, it, it's just been terrible. I, I'm not sure. I'm no climatologist or weather person, but. The, the rain needs to go. And I know it's not just us here in Kentucky, and it is, it's almost everywhere. I see people uh, on Twitter from, uh, and Facebook from all over dealing with the rain, uh, particularly in the Midwest. A lot of the crops and everything have been uh, been damaged and, and everything like that, but just uh, too much rain, too much. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um and I'm, I got the grass waiting on me. I didn't get to it Tuesday. I was going to try to, and 
knew I didn't have time to get it done. I looked up and saw the clouds and saw another storm rolling in, and it's been raining ever since. So it's going to be real fun whenever it gets dry. It'll be like that first time you cut it in the springtime all over again. Uh, be real thick and stubborn and coarse, and uh, you got to take it slow so you don't, you know, choke out the mower and all that. So whenever it stops raining, uh, it'll be waiting on me out there. For sure. Talk about with uh we had Jr. on too with with King Kelly Coleman being from Wayland, <clears throat> there in Floyd County. Somebody who you would never think to have Kentucky ties would visit there all the time, and that would be Jamel Hill. Uh, she was on a show with our friend of the show, Michael Tillery. Up in Philadelphia, she was on the show podcast with him, and you know, referenced visiting family in Kentucky. And so I tweeted her, I'm like, this was five, six, maybe more years ago. I'm like, who? You know, I heard you say something about Kentucky, and you used to come visit. Where, where was it at? And she would go to Wayland in the summertime, like every year. Uh, you know, kind of like people come back to where I'm from in Lynch and, and come to Harlan County. Everybody that used to live there comes back and visit. You know, we told you about, you know, Memorial Day weekend and stuff. Jamel would go to Wayland in Floyd County, same hometown as King Kelly Coleman. You know, of course, everybody knows she's from Detroit and went to Michigan State, but she has connections to Eastern Kentucky, to Wayland, to Floyd County as well. So that's something that, you know, People would probably never guess, but it's a fact. That's pretty. That's that's pretty neat. There's a lot of people out there that have some some ties to Kentucky. It's always good to see. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's you get all the celebrity interactions on Twitter. People reply to you, you know, from Robert Irvin. You know, I like him and watching, and but he's you know giving love to you and Big Miss, and now we got J. A. Donde. Kenny Anderson, so we hope he continues to recover. You and all your celebrity friends, the list continues to grow. Now, J.A. Adonde, uh, looking to see you on Around the Horn with Reality and them any Monday. Now, any day, <laughs> it's going to be you on there racking up points and getting FaceTime. It's just a matter of time. Terry and TB and Jackie McMullen FaceTime the show <laughs> on Around the Horn. <laughs> L.A. versus Boston. It'll be Celtics Lakers <laughs> you know, all over again in FaceTime. So any any minute now, but yeah, the celebrity love, Robert Irvin talking about plate presentation or whatever y'all was cooking the other day. So uh, And now Jay Dunde is weighing in. Uh, good stuff. That's mine from a while back. Jamel Hill told me that she used to go to Wayland, but, uh, you know, as far as the rubber sodas with the with the you know the higher ups and the Hollywood types and the media moguls, that's 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 your department, man. You got that locked up. George <laughs> Wallace, I think I forgot to mention yeah. George Wallace and his you know and whatnot. Yeah, <laughs> you see you see me. Well, J. A. Adonde wants uh, wants Little Miss to go to Northwestern's uh, go to Ooh. Northwestern's. Uh, uh, Journalism school, so I said, I don't know about all that. <laughs> Pretty pennies for that. Exactly. 
I mean, they come with the money. Okay, she can go, but you know. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, draft night, Black and Stone. I don't. Mike Wilbur and those guys. Yeah, yeah. I cut you off about the draft. My bad. No, I, I don't know if we'll have a, a top five guy, but that's okay uh, because uh-huh. we point to uh, DeMarcus Cousins, we point to Anthony Davis, but I, I think with this new kind of mindset, you have to look at Shea Gilgis Alexander and the the Clippers pretty much said to him, said, Yo, he's off the market. We've got our guy. Like we, they say, we've got our point guard of the future. Uh that to me is showing. Hey, Shea was a guy that was not on anybody's radar before he he was to throw him to that class. Remember, he was he was the okay became the leader, and now he's he's doing his thing in the NBA. Uh, so I think there's there's a couple of guys. I think the three big Kentucky guys are going to be in the same. Maybe not top five picks, but I think that Hero and Johnson and Washington. I think that's a pretty good trio to to represent Kentucky, you know, with that next year's rookie class. And they'll be solid in that first round, wherever they are. You know, you heard, you know, maybe tail in the lottery or 10 to 20, somewhere solid, you know, first-round picks, where you know, wherever they end up. Um, with a chance to maybe be on a, a better team, They'll be able to start their career on a, a better club than the Marcus and Carl Anthony and Devin Booker have, um, and potentially be on a playoff team in year one. Yeah, and and it, you know it's getting in where you fit in. I, I think the expectations mm-hmm. are 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 pretty are, are more manageable when you're a middle round pick. Uh, I was watching uh, some folks, I think it might have been Jay Donde and Bomani Jones talking about when you look at guys drafted number one overall and eventually winning a championship for that franchise, it's it's LeBron, it's Kyrie. This is this is looking, you know, uh, since 85, since the draft lottery and all that. Uh, Tim Duncan mm-hmm. and David Robinson. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... It, wow. it, People, people like to oh, give these Kentucky guys. It, it, it's not easy. It's not easy. Even if you go beyond that, it's like it's like magic. And I mean, it, you know, so it's not as easy as you think. Mm-hmm. Guys that get drafted, even top five, don't always pan out the way you think they're mm-hmm. going. So, uh, right. you know, it's just one of those things. Yo. <clears throat> Yeah, the fit, the fit, situation, you know, whatever, your, the coach, your system, yeah, all so many factors, you know, just the same as, you know, the inexact science of picking the players itself, despite all the scouting and evaluating and interviewing and, you know, <laughs> it's it's just sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's just, it's just. You know, coin flips, the roll of dice, random. Sometimes you don't understand how it works for one and not for the other and vice versa. It's just – and that's the way it's always been. If this guy had went here, how different would his career have gone? 
you know, you, you never know. You'll never know. You know, this guy is a bust. How in the world did it not pan out for this particular individual? This, you know, it's the way it crumbles sometimes. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, man, we had another fun two hours. Thanks to uh, J.R. Van Hoos for hopping on. All the great things he's doing reflected on the life of King Kelly Coleman. Uh, condolences to his family, uh, to his close friends like J.R. and Kayla and everybody that knew him. And throughout the whole state, everybody, you know, especially in Eastern Kentucky, grew up knowing about him. And then information continued to come out your way and, and you know, all the things he's done, the mind-numbing numbers that are still standing years and years after he played. Uh, J.R. came on and gave some more perspective to the person that he was, not just the basketball player that everybody knows him as. Uh, gave some more insights as to what it's like just to sit and talk to him and know him. So we definitely appreciate uh, J.R. doing that. And we had fun talking like we talked, man. Threw some food in there, got some drafts, some black cheer, NBA finals. Uh, your excitement for the brow coming to town. Uh, year two, maybe we can look into that next week. Maybe who do we think will have a better year two of the sophomores for Kentucky, something like that. We'll have the draft to look back on and see who goes where. You know, after the obvious picks of Zion and John Morant, see where Tyler um, and PJ and Keldon go. We'll have fun looking back on that as well and you know, work in some Brazen Cubs stuff because it'll be a lot of MLB. And whatever fun stuff we get into a week from today. So appreciate everybody tuning in. Thanks to uh, Smoky Mountain Traders. We have to mention at the outset. I always appreciate them. Just bring the show to you. Uh, Lynn Earls, 423-587-7300. Thanks to them each and every week as well. Appreciate you, TV. Enjoy watching everybody else's grass grow, and you don't have to worry about it. It must be nice. <laughs> it is. I drive by, and I'm like, ha-ha, and then I pull it to my condo and go upstairs. Ha-ha, not me. <laughs> <laughs> and TV's last statement is brought to you by Petty. Petty Products, ladies and gentlemen. He's takes joy in others' grass growing just like he takes joy in the Celtics having issues. Petty products, everybody. Terry Brown, man. <laughs> Lots of fun. Enjoy it. Look forward to it next week. Have a good rest of the week. Hope it dries out so we can have a fun summer. We'll see y'all next Wednesday. Cats Talk Wednesday. Mini Hardy, Terry Brown. Brown and Hardy Radio Network. BlogTopRadio.com. See y'all next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 